Shalom. Shabbat shalom, Paulina. You may be wondering why we have all placed flowers on the bima. Floral offerings are customary on the harvest festival of Shavuot, which begins tomorrow at sunset. To honor the holiday, I will now read some words by Melanie Bartfeld, confirmation class of 1968. As flowers bloom to exemplify the beauties of nature, so do we, God's children, blossom into living manifestations of God's beauty. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. We are so close to Shavuot. Tomorrow night is the Erev 
And so think about this Shabbat coming close to the mountain, our ancestors, leaving Egypt for freedom, but coming to Sinai for purpose and meaning. Every time we ascend the Bimah, we come close again back to Sinai. What an honor it is to have this next generation receive Torah for us, bring their purpose, their wonder, their challenge, their teaching to the world, and bring us closer to the promised land. We are honored to have you here this Shabbat and to be led by our 12th grade. Can you say Shabbat Shalom to them, everybody? Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Welcome to the 12th grade confirmation Shabbat service. We are Havara Ephraim, and we will be your service leaders this evening. We would like to introduce ourselves. Jonah Fleischacker. Hannah Rumsey. Lauren Levine. Ayal Levin. Scarlett Bach. Anastasia Ahani. Miranda Dickerman. Charlotte Lehman. Abby Walker. Tyler Kahn. Jack Helper. Paulina Prosnitz. Margot Wahlberg. Jacob Weiss. Alyssa Romo. Zoe Neuschatz. Adam Weidman. Emma Tickraker. And I'm Alana Bear. And I'm Matt Helper. Confirmation has a long legacy at Congregation Emmanuel. Part of our preparations for this evening included reading, the, reading through the confirmation services of 50 years ago. We have found personal connections with the words of our peers from 1967 and 1968, and we, we will be sharing some of those with you this evening. If you are a member of the confirmation classes of 67 and 68, please rise. We thank you. We, we thank, thank you. We thank you. <laughs> May the door of this synagogue be wide enough to receive all who hunger for love, all who are lonely for friendship. May it welcome all who have cares to unburden, thanks to express, hopes to nurture. May the door of this synagogue be narrow enough to shut out pettiness and pride, envy and enmity. May its threshold be no stumbling block to young or straying feet. May it be too high to admit complacency, selfishness and harshness. May this synagogue be, for all who enter, the doorway to a richer and more meaningful life. Tomorrow, the Scott family will be celebrating the bar mitzvah of their son, Nathan. We would like to invite the family to join us for the candle lighting on page two.
Once an Emmanuel Fellow, always an Emmanuel Fellow. From mitzvah core to Jewish Disney to the coveted APAC trip, we have built a group of confident, smart, and 100% goofy Jews. <laughs> we are known for not being able to get quiet quickly, which has proved frustrating for the rabbis, but simply entertaining for us. <laughs> Although attendance has gradually decreased since eighth grade, we have managed to maintain a great group of students including some who show up for the enticing Mexican food. Whatever the case, fellowship has always been my happy place. Over the past year, I realized that the magic of this temple can spread beyond borders. As some of you know, I did the Diller Teen Fellows program last year. One of my favorite parts of the program was when the Israelis visited and we took them here to this renowned synagogue. Their faces, expressing a mix of awe and bewilderment, said it all. These, these teens asked question after question, unafraid to be challenged and excited to learn about a Jewish community that is vastly different from theirs. More importantly, my ability to share our community with them helped underscore shared values, interests, and beliefs. Yet, I have felt the impact of Emmanuel in a more personal way. I have grown not only as a Jew, but as an active leader in this community, all starting with my bat mitzvah four and a half years ago. I am actually wearing the same dress tonight as I did on that day, <laughs> symbolic of staying true to my roots. Additionally, teaching in fourth grade every Sunday since freshman year has made me realize the true beauty of Emmanuel. As I sat and watched class after class move on, I realized that yes, these eight-year-olds are bonding over their new phones and trips around the world, not something I was lucky enough to experience way back in 2008. But more importantly, one thing brings them together, Congregation Emmanuel. No matter how young or old, this temple allows communities to form relationship, to, this allows communities to form relationships to grow stronger, and memories to be made. I have so much love and gratitude for the clergy and my friends here. As we all head off to new places and start on our own journeys, there is no doubt that Emmanuel will always have a place in our hearts, directing us to teach others kindness and respect, arguing and asking questions, as good Jews should, and reminding us to always stay true to ourselves. Thank you. We would now like to ask Nathan to join us on the bima for the Kiddush.
take it. Please join us on page 20 for the Lajado D. Join us on page 28. 
Please stay, stay standing. standing. Please center yourselves, take a deep breath in, and join us for the Shema on page 34. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Please be seated. Ready? Boys night? Boys are back in town. All right. Jack, come on. Come over here. Vehayu <laughs> Vedibatamba, <laughs> Good evening. Recently, Rabbi Gray Meyerseth of Oakland's Kehillah Synagogue visited my high school as a part of our Pride Week celebration. In their speech, Rabbi Gray told us that Judaism is a diasporic religion, meaning that originally, the practice of Judaism was confined to one very specific place, the first temple in Jerusalem, and that after its destruction in the sixth century BCE, Jews were forced to scatter and find ways to exist all over the world. They explained that this is actually where the role of rabbi comes from, a guiding force that grew out of a need to survive being pushed from our home when the world seemed to be crumbling around us. Right now, as I get ready to go to college across the country, it feels as though my world, though certainly not crumbling, is at least being rocked pretty significantly. To me, 
being Jewish means that I come from a long line of people who not only survive, but thrive despite the challenges they face. As I emerge from my senior year, my Judaism reassures me that I have the knowledge, skills, and power instilled in me by my parents, community, and ancestors, going all the way back to the first temple to embark on this new journey. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. So this is a song that was brought into our community a few years ago, and Jonah and I have had the pleasure of singing it together, and it really embodies um, our love for this community, for Judaism, and for peace in this world. Oh, pirates, yes, they robbed by, sold I to the merchant ships. Minutes after they took I to the bottomless pits, but our hands were made strong by the hands of the Almighty. We're forward in this generation triumphantly. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Cause all I ever had Redemption songs Redemption songs Oh, me, chamocha Bayelim Adonai Me, chamocha Nadar Bakodesh Oh, Nora Tehillot, oh, Sefele, Nora Tehillot, oh, Sefele. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Cause all I ever had, redemption songs. Redemption songs, redemption songs. This spring, I took two trips. First to DC with our manual class for APAC, and a few weeks later to Israel with my family. These two trips, in such close succession, challenged the understanding I'd always had of what a Jew is. Like most of us here, my experience with Judaism has primarily been of the specific Northern Californian liberal, Debbie Friedman singing, finding God in nature, orange on the Seder plate brand of Judaism, <laughs> which I love. And of course, I always knew this wasn't the only way to be Jewish. I knew that there were many branches more observant and branches less observant than us, that there were branches from Southern Europe and North Africa as well as the Eastern Europeans that most of us descend from. 
I understood that there was this huge variety among Jews, and I also understood that we had fundamental things in common, because I understood that they were all my people. And then my understanding was challenged by a series of very different hats. First, at APAC, ominous red Make America Great Again hats, and worn not by rural evangelicals, but by Jews. I couldn't comprehend it. I felt almost betrayed. These were clearly not my people. When, at the end of the conference, Mike Pence began to speak, I decided to leave the hall. On my way out, I felt someone grab my arm. I turned around to see a short, clearly Jewish woman. She asked me with a mid-Atlantic accent why the young people were suddenly leaving. And I said that, speaking for myself only, I strongly disagreed with the ideology of the speaker and preferred not to stay in the room during his speech. You're opposed to him? She repeated, as baffled by my position as I was by hers. I just nodded and, not wanting to get into a whole debate, quickly left. On a bench outside the conference hall waiting for the rest of our group, I had to think about what it meant that among American Jews, a group I thought I'd had so much in common with, there could be disagreement about such fundamentally important things. And then, a couple of weeks later, I was in Israel with my family. I knew that was a completely separate deal from American Judaism. But we started in Tel Aviv, where I did feel connected to the people. And then we went to Jerusalem, and immediately that changed. The streets were crowded with the second hat of this story, the black fedoras worn by Hasidic men. Though I had been more prepared for this than the people and hats I saw at APAC, I felt again, and much more strongly, that these two were absolutely not my people. It bothered me to think that I was even associated with them, and I especially didn't like the idea that these people who always seemed so bleak and miserable would be considered more Jewish than us. At the Israel Museum in Jerusalem, I spent all my time in an exhibit about the diaspora which displayed Jewish artifacts and garments of clothing from everywhere the Jews had been. In the last room of the exhibit, there was a wall of hats. Traditional Jewish hats worn by the Jewish communities of Russia, Italy, Spain, Morocco, India, Tunisia. And they were so colorful, so fun, so different from each other. It was like a Dr. Seuss book. Red hat, blue hat, tall hat, polka dot hat. In the corner, far above eye level, was one singular Hasidic black hat. It stood in stark contrast to the colorful hats from all the other places. I couldn't stop staring at them all, so bright and so happy. It was very powerful to me to see that Jewish history, Jewish life, was not just about surviving persecution. I saw through these hats that their wearers, who could possibly be some of our ancestors, had real joy in their lives as well. What I learned on these two trips is that there are, and have always been, a lot of kinds of Jews a lot more than I'd previously thought. And clearly we don't agree on everything, but we are connected. We share heritage, we share history, we share some core beliefs. Sometimes we share conference halls, sometimes we share countries. In a few months, many of us here will be moving to various places across the country, where we will meet many different kinds of people from many different places, and some of them will be Jewish. We might not like everything we see, and other kinds of Jews might not like everything they see in us. But it turns out, this tent of ours is not only beautiful, it's really big. If we're going to share it, we should learn what we can about them and teach them what we can about our own beautiful Northern California style of Judaism as well. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom. That's
Please join us on page 43. So hard. <laughs> Let there be love and shelter from life's storms. Let there be love and understanding among us. Let peace and friendship be our shelter from life's storms. Please take a moment to hold in your hearts those in need of healing at this time.
Judaism is based on a set of moral laws which set standards of ethical behavior and dignity for each person. Judaism to me is my way of life. It is the way I was brought up. It is my cultural background. My morals are also part of my Judaism. Where do these morals and ethics come from? My family got them from their family who got them from their family, and so on until it goes back to the Torah. To me, this is Judaism. Denise Dorfman and Norman Weil, Confirmation Class of 1967. Please rise and join us on page 46 for the Amidah. Yes. Adonai sefatai chifta ufiya gita pilatecha. Adonai open up my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu ve'oheinu mimoteinu Elohei Abraham Take a moment for silent reflection.
Bruchim habaim b'shem Adonai. Blessed are all of you who come here in the name of God. These are words that we said to you when you were little babies, when you got your name, and that we will hopefully say to you under the chuppah when you get married. But I thought I would also say them to you now at this sacred moment as we begin your confirmation ceremony. I was asking Rabbi Mintz how, remind, to remind me how old this congregation is. She was actually here when it was founded, so she would know. Ah. <laughs> it's 168 years, 168 years <laughs> of confirmation. And so it is my pleasure to welcome all of you to the 168th time that this community will, will do this sacred ritual. Thank you so much for enabling us to continue to do this. We couldn't be here were it not for all of you and your commitment to Torah, your commitment for carrying this community and our people into the future. I love how our younger clergy models respect for their elders. <laughs> but I feel pretty good for 168 years old. And I feel even better surrounded by Lador Bador, by these next generations that we are so honored to have each year bringing us into the future while we are still reminded in our sacred texts touching the past. Many of our speeches tonight reminded us that we have a very, very big tent. And although Emmanuel is a large community, we're still a small place in many ways. And we have expectations of our young people as they go out, literally as ambassadors. And so our first blessing tonight, before we bless all of our um, graduates and confirmants, um, is a blessing for our ambassadors, who are actually carrying out the Torah from our walls into the world. And those are students who are in other programs in addition to our program. So I would like to offer a blessing and ask you to come up for those involved in the Diller program, Josephine Burler, Eliza Mayer, and Lily Lorenzen. From Next Chapter, Taylor West. From the Jewish Teen Foundation, Margot Wolberg, who is on the advisory committee, and Sarah Berman, come on up. And from the Manaville Fellowship this year, Poppy Cohn is not with us, but she will be participating in Manaville. Obviously, it's a little different than the UN. We don't allow men to become ambassadors for the Jewish people anymore. <laughs> um, my blessing for, for all of you, um, and for Papi, who's not here with us, is that you take very seriously the honor of being a shaliach or shalichim as ambassadors of messengers and of angels. And so may you carry the Torah that you learn here with us on your wings as you go forward to Israel, into the world, and to sustain the Jewish people from this day forward. And we say together, amen. Shucks. It's important before we hand out honor cups or more gifts or recognize anyone that we just stop and recognize Ariana. Yes. I know, I know. Yes. Because usually 
the only time we, we, we look at the work, you go, oh, this is incredible, you can, you can feel it in the room, but it's really, it's day to day. And we get, you know, she kind of has her fingers on all of our teens and finds out things that no one else knows. And then is able to actually reach out and care in ways and support our teens from ninth grade to 12th grade, and then even through college, so. So early this morning, I was with Rabbi Fenvis, and we were welcoming our new preschool class. And we were trying to explain to these parents, and they're all strangers in the room, they don't know each other yet, um, what preschool was. And I said, you know, if, if you really want to understand our preschool class, you need to come tonight. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And I said, you'll, you'll see up here, and you'll see our students, and you'll see the parents that become best friends throughout the years. And it's this journey that really starts back then and culminates and this family here. And the thing I didn't talk about is what happens in that journey. And the rabbis, they, they wrote in the Talmud in Baba Metzia 33a, they wrote, our rabbis taught that one's rav, one's rabbi, is defined as the individual who has taught you wisdom and not the one who has taught you the Torah and the Mishnah. In Rabbi Meir's opinion, Rabbi Huda said, whoever has taught you the most of their wisdom. And Rabbi Yossi said, even if the person did no more, then make your eyes light up from an explanation of a single section of the Mishnah. That person is your Rav. In this journey that you've been on, that's, that's been our goal. It's been, you don't know all the Mishnah, you don't know all the Torah, but it's been about lighting yourselves up and that this is, the confirmation is not meant to be the end. This is actually the beginning, is that as we send you out there, if you think about the honor cups that you're getting, the infamous cups that sit back there, it's that this community has been filling you up. All of your parents that have been schlepping you here before you could schlep yourself here. Um, and the whole community, that that's really what today is about. It's about you stepping up and moving on and continuing that journey. So mazel tov to all of you. I'd like to invite up Jacob Weiss and Hannah Rumsey. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Big crowd. Okay. Last time I was in front of this many Jews, I believe it was my bar mitzvah. Promise I'll talk about circumcision less this time around. Go ahead. <laughs> as Jews, we've always been taught to ask the big questions. And as we move on into the next stages of our lives, we are forced to grapple with the question of what we will leave behind and what we will carry with us. What will our legacy be, and how will we carry the legacy of Judaism with us? The tradition of confirmation at Emmanuel is predicated upon legacy. We are not the first class to be confirmed, and we are far from the last. We are standing on the shoulders of all those who came before us. We succeed because of what they have established. But what is a legacy? I have come to believe that the most apt description is that it's the impact that you leave on the people and the environment around you that persists when you're gone. As teenagers, the legacy we leave won't be memorialized in monuments, but rather preserved by the community both of us have found at Emmanuel. We can only hope that we will be remembered by the people with whom we've interacted for the stories we tell, the traditions we keep, and the kindness we have shown them. We have cultivated a community through the relationships we've built on an individual level with everyone, from members of the clergy to our own Sunday school students. For a long time, this community has been a permanent fixture in my life, but in the face of the impending move away to college and to a new synagogue, I couldn't help but wonder if I had made my mark. 
But earlier this year, I had a bit of a revelation. I reconnected with a student from my first year as a teacher three years ago. Crazy. And although he was moving on to high school, he still remembered the details of fifth grade here. He shared his fond memories of playing around during recess, the crosswords and word searches, and how much fun in class he had had playing with me and his classmates. Conversation astounded me. I had finally seen a manifestation of the legacy that I would leave here. We also leave this place having formed deep bonds with our peers, the people you see with us on the BEMA today. But for all we've found in this community, neither of us have been perfect students. We both experienced the two, <laughs> the two cool for Sunday school slump that made what could have been a tight-knit community initially hard to cultivate. This community, as Hannah so well said, was initially rocky and almost nomadic with people flowing in and out as they saw fit. But it has solidified significantly in the past few years as we established a group of people I like to call the choir, as in preaching the choir. The people who come every Sunday and are always ready to interact, learn, and actively participate. Each and every one of the people you see here today has pushed me to examine my beliefs about Judaism and the way that I move through the world. I know this is not just true for me. These are the people we can all count on to call us out, challenge our views, and support us with the same ferocity and abiding passion. <laughs> to, get the full, oh, to get the full scope on the life lessons that the temple has given us as we leave our homes, we must turn to the story of Jacob as he left his own home in Beersheba. While tomorrow we will read from Numbers, tonight we turn back to the book of Genesis to learn that this story uh, that I have taught to my second graders many times, one that I believe resonates deeply as we go forth from San Francisco, just as Jacob did from Beersheba. When Jacob left, he did not want to leave, but rather was forced out by circumstance. Now, admittedly, some of us are a little more excited to go, but... Nonetheless, we are confronted with the same daunting task of facing a world we do not yet know. In the story of Jacob, Jacob is a mild-mannered home buddy and a mama's boy. His brother Esau, on the other hand, is rugged and outdoorsy. Esau thrives in the wilderness, while Jacob finds comfort in his family's tents, and thus is deeply afraid when his mother and father practically force him out. On his first day in the wilderness, Jacob is challenged and pushed to his limits. When he goes to sleep, he dreams of a ladder to heaven, Jacob's ladder, and God appears to Jacob, calling him to his destiny and says, remember, I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. I will not leave you. With God's blessing, Jacob realizes that he holds within him an untapped resource and that he possesses the strength to make this arduous journey on his own. For many of us, the next chapter holds many unknowns and, while we, and when we will be faced with an environment that is new and unfamiliar, we will struggle, be uncomfortable, and even at times afraid. But we will soldier on. Just like Jacob, who understood only a portion of his true potential, we will not know our true strength until we must call upon it. Although we may not realize it yet, years of learning and debating with rabbis and peers have given us the ability to succeed in the world that we're moving into. But, just as they did for Jacob, our greatest resources lie beyond ourselves in the loving arms of our community. They are with us, they will protect us, and they will never leave us, even if we're 3,000 miles away. As we reflect on being raised in this congregation, learning the different facets of Judaism from the stories of Noah and Moses to giving our B'nai mitzvahs to learning how to be a mensch, we should all feel confident in our ability to move forward in all parts of our lives, whether it be college or work or joining a new synagogue. Each of us are always ready to debate, 
always eager to learn, and always willing to question what may at first glance seem as fact. And that is the true legacy of Judaism Emmanuel has left on us. College will not be easy. It will feel as if it's us versus the world. And there will be times when this seems an insurmountable challenge. But we will never be alone. We can always fall back on the lessons we learned and the people we love here. We will always have our Judaism to guide us. Albert Einstein once said that Judaism was the pursuit of knowledge for its own sake, an almost fanatical love of justice, and the desire for personal independence. It was for this reason that he thanked his stars that he belonged to this wonderful tradition. We, too, thank our stars that we belong to this tradition, this, this congregation, and this confirmation class. Thank you, and Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. So, um, as Rabbi Bauer stated, I actually have the best job in the synagogue because I get to work with these amazing leaders and people every day. And yes, I do get text messages, Facebook announcements, Instagram posts. It's wonderful. But as you can see, with them as our leaders, I'm not worried about our future. And up until this point, they've been our service leaders, but they're actually not confirmands just yet. And that's what we're about to do. So they are standing on shoulders 168 years long, and they will continue for many, many decades to come. So at this moment, I would like to call up Sarah Starks, Kraz Grenitz, Julia Cherner, Kara Fleischacker. These are confirmands from the last two years to be part of the chain of tradition. And I would like anyone in the congregation who has ever been confirmed in Emmanuel to please rise. And receiving the Torah this evening on behalf of their class will be Emma Tick Raker and Tyler Kahn. Now we pass the Torah, its sacred privilege and responsibilities to you, the members of this year's class. You are the next link in the chain of tradition. On behalf of our class, we accept the Torah, its traditions, and its responsibilities. We vow to continue this legacy for generations to come. We ask the confirmation class of 2018 to repeat after us. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, so tonight, each confirmand will receive a gift. They will receive a copy of Pirkei Avot, 
And in Pirkei Avot, it says that the presence of God, the Shekhinah, lies when two people study Torah. And this class has studied Torah together for the last 12 years, and I definitely feel God's presence. They will also receive a personalized Kiddush cup, as all the generations before have, and hopefully you will use it in all your Shabbats at college. And they will receive official uh, confirmation certificate. And now I'd like the clergy to come up to bless them, please. Come smush around us. Come just make a big. We'll, we'll gather around. Right. Yeah. We'll gather up here. Come. gifts and we are blessings we are history in song we are hope and we are healing we are learning to be strong we are words and we are stories we are pictures of the carriers of wisdom, not the first and not the last. The 
on page 282 for the Exactly one week ago, I was standing in an operating room at Wolfson Medical Center in Halon, Israel. 
observing a four-hour open-heart surgery on a five-and-a-half-month-old baby boy from Gaza, shoulder-to-shoulder with doctors and medical staff from the West Bank, Ethiopia, Kenya, and, of course, Israel. Earlier that same week, I spent the morning squeezed into a corner of the ICU beside a a wide-eyed and trembling eight-year-old girl from Zanzibar brought to this foreign land for surgery to repair her congenital heart defect. These are just two examples of my experiences as a full-time volunteer at Save a Child's Heart, or SATCH as we call it. For two weeks last summer, and again this past month, I had the privilege to observe, play with, and care for children of all races, religions, and nationalities who come to Israel from developing countries to receive the life-saving medical care they cannot access anywhere else. Bursting with a multitude of cultures and languages, the Satch home where the children await and recover from surgery is a haven of laughter and love in which all differences dissolve and they unite over their illnesses, a commonality they experience for the first time. Even today, as an 18-year-old heading off to college, I can't begin to fathom the prospect of traveling across the world for heart surgery, never mind without a family member or any person of comfort, as all the children over the age of five do. That is why, as I lived alongside them in the home, I hoped to be that person for them. But I soon discovered that it was not one way. I may have been there to care for the children as a volunteer, responsible for all non-medical details of their day but they really did change me as a person. From the moment I tearfully said goodbye last summer, I longed to return, and this spring, I had the opportunity to do so as part of my senior capstone project at Branson. When I first arrived back at the home nearly three weeks ago, I immediately felt as though I had never left, yet I was surrounded by completely new faces. I couldn't help but wonder if I had made a mistake by going back. Perhaps I should have just stayed away and kept alive the memory of my brothers and sisters from Tanzania, Ethiopia, Zanzibar, Kenya, Afghanistan, Romania, and Gambia. But over the course of the next few days, any doubt I initially felt vanished. As I got to know this group of mostly non-English speaking kids, I grew to love them as a family just the same and was once again inspired by their bravery, strength, and resilience. In reflecting on my two visits to Save a Child's Heart, it is clear to me that the foundation that spurred my inclination toward this type of work was laid here at Temple Emmanuel. From trips to the food bank to mitzvah corps in seventh grade, the importance of tikkun olam has always been at the forefront of my experience. And that is something I will carry with me throughout college and beyond. Thank you and Shabbat Shalom. We turn now back in our prayer books to page 294 for the Kadisha tome for the mourners, for the mourners' Kaddish. On this Shabbat, we are remembering Anne Quadri, who will be laid to rest later this week. We're remembering the Shloshim, we're remembering those who have passed away in the last 30 days, Miriam Blumenfeld. Max Horlick, 
Dr. Jeremy Safran, Rabbi Aaron Pankin, Doreen Cody, Robert Irwin Parquet, Percy Ramos Sr., Dick Byrne, Hannah Gallerstein, and Maida Ling Scheinfield. We also remember the yard site, the anniversary of the following's passing. Abraham Amanoff, Alfred A. Baer, Jack Bassock, Ezra M. Batat, Heidi Block, Roslyn Block, Enna Weissman Braun, Josephine Steiner Breslar, Claire Brummer, Charlotte Chaffin, Harry Daniels, Otto Eckstein, Manuel S. Fisher, Lena Friedman, Daniel Goldberg, Marion Goodman, Flory Gross, William Jack Haas, Gail Handy, Martin Honigman, Joshua Huffman, Kenneth Judd, Miriam B. Kahn, Badana Katz, Benjamin Kepnes, Ruth Kleinman, Al Kleinman, Marshall Kuhn, Milton Leeds, R. Norman Lehman, Vera Lehrer, Carlton Little, Walter Mack, William Nyman, Len Mantrer, Val Morgan, Claire Hyman Moses, C.M. Nick Newman, Ruth Portnoy, Barbara S. Rogers, Dorothea Romanoff, William Roos, Benjamin Rothenberg, Gershon Rubin, Leah San, Sarah B. Sinkowicz, Fania Sapojinakova, Jack Shredder, Maya Krim Schwartz, Eli Seal, Betty Louise Silverman, Marvin Silverman, Betty Slominski, Herschel Solomon, Millard C. Tonkin, Richard J. Weissman, Annie Wiener, and Sydney Wexler. We also remember those from the confirmation classes of 1967 and 1968 who did not survive to see this moment and passed away in the past years. Paul Simon Abramovitz, Lori Jan Alberton, Kathy Gail Kahn, Barbara Alice Eisler, Stephen Lewis Jaffe, Grant J. Magner, Ellen Meyer, Elizabeth Diane Nestel, Jane Semmel, Danielle Rachel Bronfeld, and Harry A. Hilp. If you are in mourning, if you've lost someone in the last seven days, 30 days, or it is a yard site for you, please rise first. And if there are any names that I have not yet said that you'd like to add, please do so as I look throughout the sanctuary. We all rise as one community as we recite these words Yit Gadal, Yit Gadash, Amei Rabbah, Be'amad Yirach Yirutay, Be'amlik Malchutay, Bachayechon, Uvyomechon, Uchayetochol, Beit Yisrael, Ba'agalal, Vizman Kari, Vimru, Amen. Yehei Shemei Rabbah, Mevorach, Le'alam, Ulamei Almaya. Yit Barach, Vit Tabach, Vit Pa'ar, Vit Roman, Vit Nase, Vit Hadar, Vit Vale, Vit Falal, Shemed Kudisha, Brihu, 
Le'ela minkol birchata v'shirata, tushbechata v'nehmata, zamiran b'alma v'imru amen. Yehei shlama rabba min shamaya, v'hayim alenu v'al kol Yisrael v'imru amen. Ose shalom b'mromav, uya ase shalom, alenu v'al kol Yisrael v'imru amen. Zichronav livracha, may their memories be for a blessing, and let us say, Amen. be seated. Hi, my name is Lauren Levine, and on behalf of the Congregation Emmanuel's 2018 Confirmation class, we would like to take a moment to thank some important people. We want to thank the classes of 1967 and 1968 for traveling from near and far to participate in this big celebration. We understand the legacy we are upholding and are looking for to the return in 2068 for our own reunion. We want to thank our families for supporting us in going through the confirmation process. But most importantly, we want to thank you for introducing us to this wonderful Jewish community. It is wonderful that so many 12th graders are still coming to temple after their bar mitzvahs, even though some of us may have not wanted to at times. With our families' continued support, we could all agree that we have grown as Jews and as people. We want, to thank you, the we want to thank the clergy for giving us wisdom that will stay with us for the rest of our lives. But most importantly, we want to thank Rabbi Bauer. He is our 12th grade Tef rabbi, and all of us couldn't be happier. With our lengthy check-ins and endless laughs, we are proud to say that we have learned a lot about ourselves and are prepared for the years to come. We want to thank Ariana Stoke for organizing our teen education experience. None of us would be here today without you or your love for us, and we are very, and we are really appreciate it. Lastly, we want to thank all of you, our community. Thank you for giving us a place to fall, a group of people to rely on, and a Jewish community that we love. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Okay, I would like to invite you all to touch someone who is touching someone who is touching the hala. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. We're <laughs> not touching it. Somebody touch it. Somebody touch it. Someone. Somebody touch it. For the blessing. Okay. This is now the blessing for the hala. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're touching. Okay, we're good. I'll touch it. Okay. Okay. We're good. We're good. Baruch Atadonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Hamotzi Lechem Min Haaretz, Please stay standing.
stay no. standing. You made all right. I'm going to squish in with you guys. While you're enjoying your challah, a very special final blessing for this night of confirmation. We ask God's blessing on every person in this room for a Shabbat of peace and for a life of peace. Tomorrow night begins Shavuot, the anniversary of the time when all of us, regardless of our differences, we all stood together at Sinai and received Torah. For the past 168 years, Jews and non-Jews have come here to study Torah. And then you go out into the world to be Torah. And then you come back to Emmanuel for more Torah. <laughs> to our confirmands, may you each go out into the world and be Torah. And then come home here for more Torah. We'll keep the lights on for you. Mazel Tov and Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom. We'd like to ask everybody to take your cedarim, your prayer books, to the back of the sanctuary. And if you are the parent or family member of a confirmand, to stay right here for the blessing of the confirmation class. And the rest of you who are joining us for dinner will meet you downstairs in Guild Hall. Shabbat Shalom.